Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? I like it. If you listen to the Snow White, you'll uh, know that my new nickname that I've created for myself is Nifty. Now, don't listen to it. You're not in the know. Well, that's your fault. That is quite a good thing. Is nicknames that you have attempted, perhaps when you were Mm -hmm. younger, to create for yourself. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, because a nickname isn't really a legitimate nickname if unless someone else has applied it to you. But you can't it's give quite, your own and tell people you're going to call me this now. That doesn't work. Yeah, but it's people done try it though. a lot. Yeah. People try it all the time. Yeah. Even my mother-in-law, right? My mother-in-law, <laughs> a woman in her 70s, started claiming to me and my wife that her mates, these are mates, this is very much fall into the category of my girlfriend in Canada. Like, yeah, they what mates? They go to a different school, right? you wouldn't know them. Yeah. She claimed, because she had an email address was... I don't want to give too much away. Anyway, her her first name is Chris, Christine, but we call her Chris, mm-hmm. right? Her surname begins with P. And mm-hmm. she claimed that people... And she had an email address that said Chris P, yeah, whatever. She claimed that people, some of her pals, were calling her Crispy. That's just my nickname. Crispy. Right. That's just what people call me, Crispy. Yeah. Like Crispy Crumb. And we're like, yeah. I called her out on it. I mean, this is a few years back. She was, she kept <laughs> saying it, it. And it, and it got to me. It shouldn't have done, but it got mm. to me. And I just went to her, that is bollocks. And she went, what? What's bollocks? And I went, no one calls you crispy. You've made that up yourself. <sighs> no, I haven't. Everyone calls me it. I don't want to be called it. That's just what they call me. And I'm like, who? I wanted names. Uh, yeah, all right. I was a bit of a dick about it, but... It annoys me when people make up nicknames. Having said that, I have made up my own nickname, which is Nifty. You have. And as you know from the Snow White, last episode of Snow White, I even have created an elaborate backstory (laughs) as to why I'm called Nifty. It's got more elaborate in my mind since I last discussed Mm. it with you. I I wanted to... I want want to spread it that... um, I want to spread it that I was actually, you know, we were talking about how I'd probably want, I was called nifty because people from around my old neighborhood knew me for being agile, crafty, mm. light on my feet. 
Right. Are, are, you, are you now going to say that you were a great 400-metre runner or something no, like that? No, 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 no. I'm going to say that <laughs> I, I'm going to in- indicate to people that when I was quite a young child, I was enlisted by a team of local robbers and burglars to get through small gaps. <laughs> <laughs> like I worked for like some pretty high up villains, right? And they when, liked me. When were you me. a child? Was it in the Victorian era? Yeah. Was this and when they, this happened? They sent me in through small gaps in windows, Down chimneys, and things like that. At first, it was just burglaries, but then I I graduated yeah. to jewel theft in the um, more Ooh, high end areas of London. Yeah, like up west. I was, I was like, I, I, I eventually worked for a gentleman thief. Now, this does this straddle the blue collar, white collar crime thing for VIP prison that we discussed recently. Yeah, you'd yeah. go in blue collar. You'd go in regular prison for that. I think, well, even though yeah. you were working for a gentleman thief, it doesn't count as white collar crime. In them days, if we were caught as a double act and he was a gentleman thief, like Raffles style. Mm. And I was like a bit more like artful dodger, which is how yeah. I'm imagining this whole That's thing. That's how Nifty sees himself, yeah. Yeah. Um, I bet that because of the terrible class system that has held back our society for so many years, he would have ended mm. up in an easy, like, Ford Open prison style situation. Yeah, he and would I, have. I, even though I was the kid, right, and mm. I was not yet of an age to even understand what I was doing, they'd put mm. me in a really grim Workhouse, workhouse with adults. Yeah. It's a fucking disgrace, isn't it? Disgusting the way this country works. Poor Nifty. Yeah, poor old Nifty. Why did I have to go to the workhouse when Raffles just had his own bloody beautiful cell with a chaise long and, a, and his own canary yeah. bird and for it, company? I was going to say a budgie in a cage in the corner yeah. and all that. Like Harry Grout. Like in Harry Grout. He was living life like <laughs> Harry Grout. And I was fucking like Oliver Twist. Uh, I used to be fucking terrified of Harry Grout when oh, I was yeah. a kid. Yeah, yeah. God. But he never did anything, did he? No, he well, never did it. anything. He was so calm and he had a thin snot. Hello, Fletch. Yeah, it was all in the suggestion, wasn't it? Yeah. But even as a kid, I picked that up and I was terrified of him. I think Harry Grout. But then Harry Grout played the dad in Our Friends in the North and there's a great he scene did. where he shits himself. Yeah. It's not and great. Think, it's horrible, but at the same think, time, yes, it's great. Take that, Harry Grout. Who's well, laughing now? I thought, wow, you know, how the mighty have fallen. Because mm. obviously, like lots of people, I really find it difficult to disassociate one character from another if they're played by the same actor. Yeah. I can't separate them. I don't know about you. I struggled mm. with that in so many ways. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you I'll, just watch, you watch a film and you think, that's just Robert Downey Jr., I tell you what, really, it's not a character. what, what did the my really head stars? beyond it, of this category? I mean, the classic, I suppose. You got like Harris, you got Han Solo and Indiana Jones, who are similar characters anyway. Mm. I would say Han Solo's slightly more fun. Indy's a little bit earnest, yeah, bit, bit of a pompous twat at times. Mm. Anyway, the one that really did me did my nutting right is Wurzel Gummidge and Doctor Who. <laughs> Could not fucking get my nut around that. It, yeah. was, it just like b- befuddled me throughout my childhood. It loomed yeah. over my childhood, the whole situation. And then if you throw in the fact that John Pertwee would occasionally appear on Give Us a Clue as John Pertwee. Yes. And you're and like, was what? A much f- more loose kind of thespian type in yeah. real life. And you're like, dreading, mate, 
Where are your fucking bits of corn for eyebrows? Yeah. <laughs> or your big cloak that you go around in. Why are you wearing a, v- a purple V-neck jumper and slacks? And then What's this about? get into another Who fucking... Uh, another overlap, right, in the same mm. thing. Who was Wurzel Gummidge's boss? The Crow Man. Going back to yeah. our Crow discussion earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. The Crow Man Evil. was Wurzel Gummidge's boss, but the Crow Man was also Cat Weasel. He was, he was Cat Weasel, yeah. Bam! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell! Mind blown. Like, yeah. it's early, like, this is all bullshit. And it's a bit like, how many actors were there performing in children's drama in the 70s? Not fucking many, I'd say. Nine of them. It's a bit like when you used to watch anything Australian. It was the same half dozen actors in every Australian mm. programme in the 80s, wasn't it? Mm. Neighbours, okay. Home and Away, The Sullivans, Sons and Daughters, all the same fucking bunch of actors. Mm. And then you get Johnny Ball doing um, play school and then next week he's on Think of a Number. What the fuck? Why yeah. is Johnny not in play school? And and probably the most confusing thing of all, fucking why was Give Us a Clue at the same theme tune as Grain Shell? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know, did, did no one sort of notice? Surely the, the, someone should have checked. What this no one using this already. Of, going back to the class system is it was <clears throat> a fucking cartel. Right, television, mm. entertainment in that era. I mean, some would say it's still the case today. Fucking cartel. There was it was your Pertwees, it was your Crow Men, it was your balls, your, it was your balls, it was your composers of the Grain Chill slash Give Us a uh, Clue theme yeah. tune. It was three or four people. Oh, I bet they all had dinner together. They've all had their fucking what you call it um, <laughs> fondue parties. In yeah. their North London mansions on a on a Saturday, where they schemed up their next money making wheeze at the expense of the license fee payer, right? Crowman, yep. Pertwee, Bull, give us a clue, composer. Oh, we call it the Friday Night Club. We all get together for a fondue at one of our houses. Last week it was Crowman's house. This week <laughs> it's Pertwee's house, and we all get together and we plan our next television project together. <laughs> and it makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> it was a man called Alan Hawkshaw that wrote the Grinch Hill theme. You know, he and he was the richest man in the whole of Britain for yeah. throughout the seventies and eighties because of the royalties from those two shows alone. Yeah, but I mean, do you think he was touting it round and like he went into the Give Us a uh, Clue office and he went, "Yeah, in the market I heard you need a theme June. show." Yeah, have a listen to this. It's good, isn't it? It sounds very familiar. It, yeah, a lot of people have said that. It's it's one of them tunes you feel like you've heard before. You know what they but call I definitely it? Definitely haven't call, used it anywhere else. It's, it's right catchy. It's what they call an earworm, right? So yeah. once you've heard it, you can't stop humming it, and you think it's very familiar. But the, the funny thing is, you've never heard it before, actually, on any other television program, like. So do you want it or not? Because I need the hundred quid now. If you want it. He's going to do a special well, discount. You, you, you're sure you haven't used it anywhere else? No, brand new. Knocked it out this morning. But 100 quid to you if you want it now. I you have to get it, it now, though. I, I wrote it especially for Give Us A Clue because uh, I thought, what would be a great song <clears throat> that sort of screams celebrities doing charades, right? And it's this, isn't it? 
when you shut your eyes and hear it, you can almost picture the celebrities, your John Pertwee's, etc. You know, Una Lionel Stubbs. Blair's, Una Stobbs, all of them. Bernie Winters. You can, you can imagine, and you can imagine Michael Aspel, can't you? You can imagine Michael Aspel. Was Michael strut- Parkinson at first? Was Michael Parkinson at first? Time? You can imagine Aspel strutting down the street to it because it's got a kind of a pop funk it was Michael sort of vibe Parkinson. to it. Aspel took over. Yeah, all right. Get the facts right. Parkinson strutting, although I can't imagine Parkinson strutting. Like now, they're you, talk, I mean, you talking can hear of pomposity. When you listen, and it goes, duh, 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 duh. it just it's crying out to sing, give us a clue. Give us a fucking clue now. Give us a clue. So, anyway, 100 quid. I still need a new carburetor on the uh, on the Vauxhall, so I need the money now. Uh, or, or, you can pay me in luncheon vouchers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a new deal I am offering. You can pay well, me a lot of money. twenty quid's worth. Yeah, it has to be more, um, but you can get them sent over. No problem. It's still oh, being sure. the early eighties. There are lunch and vouchers are accepted in a wide variety of establishments. <laughs> <laughs> From your Marks and Spencers through to your Wimpy bars. <laughs> So um, I could live off them, no problem. Plus, there is a thriving black market in them too. So the ones I don't actually use myself, I can easily flog. Uh, um, Alan Hawkshaw also wrote the theme tunes for Countdown and Channel 4 News. Fucking oh, hell. Fucking hell. Good lad, Man. well done. Yeah, well done, Alan, uh, if you're still alive. Uh we should probably get right into looking at some of the life logistics questions that we've had because that's the purpose of this episode, isn't yep. it, really? Um, what we've got? Da-da-da-da-da, <clears throat> um, that one's not very good. Um, right, here's one. This looks all right. Uh, Kieran Moriarty Mar- says, life logistics question. Due to get married in October, but this dickhead virus knocking about is making me debate whether to move it or not. Hotel seems to think they'll be fine by August, but 85% of the guests are coming from Ireland, and I'm a bit worried about travel being normal by then. Question is, do I hold out and hope everything back to normal or move it early next year? Fucking move it to October 2021 at the earliest, mate. Definitely. Because, you know, it's, it's going to get fucked over somewhere or another. Move the fucking wedding, because even if like lockdown starts to loosen up a bit in the coming weeks... If you've got people of any importance coming from abroad, fucking forget it, mate. Yeah, because they might have to get quarantined for 30 days. Exactly. They might not be allowed to fly. They might be allowed to fly, but then forced to be quarantined. Or, frankly, even if they are allowed to fly and there isn't any of that bullshit, a lot of them would think, fuck that, I'm not going. I wouldn't. Mm. People are going to be skint because they haven't been able to work. And plus, just the risk of it, I'd be like, I'm not, I mean, you know, weddings are a fucking ball ache anyway, aren't they? Let's be honest. Yeah. I think once you get past a certain age as well, weddings are pretty good in your late 20s, early 30s. Mm. Um, when And also, like, when you're younger, they can be great, like, because you're into the free booze, free food, and potentially romantic hookups. Mm. But God Almighty, my dread is getting invited to a wedding now. I mean, at your my age. age. Oh. Especially being sober as well. Fucking being hell. sober is like, yeah, it's pretty hard at a wedding <clears> because <throat> it's so boring. 
Weddings are boring. That's why people get so pissed up, you know. Yeah, and, you know, if they come before next year, they're going to have to get social distancing and all that. You can't go to a wedding and stand two metres away from everyone. That's shit. What about when you go do the conga? You gotta do the exactly. conga. It's a fucking wedding. That's something we could we could do, some kind of um series of implements people can use to do a safe conga. That could be a top flight time machine product, couldn't product. it? Yeah, like Jamie Oliver does his saucepans. We yeah. could do a conga kit. We could three D three D print these plastic things that go in between the top people. Top flight time machine. And they attach onto them. COVID nineteen safe. <clears throat> Conga kit. Conga kit, yeah. <laughs> if any of our designer friends want to mop that up for us, feel free. Yeah, 3D print them for us. Mm. Um, so, no, I wouldn't do it Just until, until it, 2021 listen, at I'm, the earliest. And also, don't listen to me. I feel bad now because I'm going, oh, no, weddings are shit anyway. They're not. They'll be great. My wedding day, I have really fond memories of, uh, you know, it's one of the best days of my life. And it was, it, they can be great. I'm just a grumpy, miserable bastard who doesn't like going out. But but it'll be shit if you do it in the next 18 months. But, yeah, wait, because it is such a special day. Give it the best chance possible of being a success and being a happy day. And, as trite as it may sound, the most important thing is all of the people who are important to you and your wife being there. That's more important than any other bollocks. So just wait. Yeah until they can all be there. Because no one wants to have a fucking Zoom wedding reception, do they? I would put it off for two years, because then there's also the slight chance you might split up in that time. And then, you know, catastrophe avoided. Mm. Yeah, that's Just true. Thought, you know, wedding and divorce. I mean, you know, if you calculate the prices involved in your wedding and then your mm. divorce, Andy... Are you divorced or are you separated? I am divorced, yes. So there's yes. costs. There's costs involved in all of those things for both of you. There is. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> so... Well, there you go. Anyway, congratulations, mate. We hope you're very happy together. <laughs> <laughs> but put it off for two years at least. Mm. There you go. That was a proper hardcore life logistics yeah. session, that yeah, I think. Yeah, we That's are available we for that. That's what we exist for. Jalapeño. Jalapeño. On the Twitter... Uh, James says, I've been putting some shelves up in a cupboard in my new house. I thought I cut the wood to size, but turns out I was a bit off. And when I put the shelf in the cupboard, the cunt got stuck and started digging into the plasterboard. Can't get it out. What do I do? Right. We've just got to smash it out with a hammer, haven't you? Yeah. you got to get smashing. That's the Delaney way to approach And if it's the inside DIY. a cupboard, you can always replace the plasterboard. You might want to see it. So I mean, the, you should have set the plaster, photograph, really, Jim. The plasterboard wall inside of a cupboard doesn't matter. I mean, it's a yeah, philosophical irrelevant. question. How do you know the wall's even there when the cupboard door's shut? Exactly. Right? Exactly. See what I mean? How do you know that mm. the fridge light is on or off when you close the fridge door? Mm-hmm. You True. Get, you know, we're getting into deep shit now. I can see where you're trying to lead us. You're trying to confuse us. It's not going to work. Get- I mean, it depends how thick the shelves were, really, as well, but... Uh, to me, that just feels like a big hammer smash scenario. When you are doing um, any house smashing, whether mm. that be with glass that needs to be disposed of, mm. uh, a bit of plasterboard or wood that needs smashing out or something, or mm-hmm. like happened to me when I was making those biscuit biscuits the other day, you mm-hmm. need to smash the shit out of a packet of Maryland cookies 
in order to mm-hmm. sprinkle them inside some more biscuit mix. Mm-hmm. Biscuit cannibalism. <laughs> what is your best house... What do you genuinely like to use for house smashing? Uh, a rolling pin. Yeah, that's the classic, isn't it? Usually with the, the, uh, the object of the smashing inside a tea towel, perhaps. Yeah, that is the classic Pre- technique. Prevent it from... But I, of course, have the Terminator... Which is oh, of course it's 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 big. It's a ba- it's an aluminium baseball bat, and so for some things it's literally like well, as the saying goes, using a sledgehammer to crack a walnut. Crack a walnut. Uh, yeah. In this case, it's using an aluminium baseball bat to smash up some Maryland cookies, right? <laughs> but well, you could do that with a tap tap tap, can't you? Yeah, but I like to do a or smash smash. You could you, well, I know, but if it's biscuits, you know, it's not a bag of glass out the front, is it? Different techniques for different jobs, surely. Mm. But you could smash. With the, with the, I can't help it, mate. Once I get just, going, it's got to be yeah. full smash every time. Yeah, yeah. You just need to work on some um, techniques, I think. To yeah, but the what I used to use, um, but in the end, I just like gave up. Was I used to sometimes? Thing is, I do have a decent hammer, like a hammer for nails. Mm. But we keep the DIY tool, the toolbox equipment, and all the rest of it in the cupboard under the stairs and it's always like behind loads of other shit so Jesus. I have to be really desperate to be bothered getting it out because I have to pull mm-hmm. so much out of the cupboard to get at it so what I'll use if it's not a big job sometimes and it's not and I need a little bit more focus like on a small nail than you would mm. be able to achieve with the Terminator baseball bat what I do is I've used a, I have a meat tenderizer from okay. the days when I used to eat meat yeah but I stopped using that because once I got a fireworks set on fireworks night and I tried to hammer the Catherine wheel into the garden fence using a meat tenderizer, right. well, it didn't hammer the nail in sufficiently and the Catherine oh. wheel fucking flew off and spun round like in the, in the air and fucking tried to attack all of Wee-hee! us. Hey, look yeah. at me! <laughs> What's your fucking head stick here? I come! <laughs> It's me, Catherine Wheel, the most mental of all the fireworks. <laughs> you should have fucking hammered me in properly, dickhead. What's that, a fucking meat tenderizer? Because <laughs> it got me fucking joking. Did you get that out of a doll's house or something, you twat? Is <laughs> that a fucking craft hammer? Have some fucking respect. I'm a fucking Catherine Wheel. <laughs> Gonna have to up your fucking security measures. <laughs> But with your um, with the the Terminator, you could use either end as well with a downward motion, couldn't you? Yeah, I assume it's got that sort of like ex- that bit of the round bit on end, the handle, the round bit. Yeah, on and you've gri- also got the, the very grip. very dense round bit at the bottom. And you mm. go down vertically yeah, you, on it. Yeah, yeah. Very I'm, versatile instrument. Keep your eye on the Instagram. I might post some pictures of myself using it in different household situations <laughs> if I've become sufficiently bored. Do you think the Terminator could remove a shelf from inside a cupboard that had become lodged in the plasterboard? I'd give it a I'd good go. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it sounds like something off of a, some sort of family Saturday night game show, me locked in a cupboard with a baseball bat trying to remove yeah. something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, go for it. Mm. Uh, so that's that one dealt with. What else have we got in the emails? Can I quickly um, mention a, another email that is not strictly speaking life logistics, or it, although it is because, <laughs> as, as much as this is supposed to be about us offering help to the cunters, 
Mm. Um, I, we've also this is also a good forum for us to continue our appeal for help um, mm. as human God. beings from the cunt's community. Is this, you're trying to get free stuff again. A bit that. But services and advice as well as stuff, right? Because we, what we've done is we've assembled a team around us yeah. because we've become so big and successful. So we've got lawyers, lawyers in separate territories. We've got security. We've got someone, we've got a diversified farmer. We've got someone yeah. who deals with our boating needs and our camper van needs. Mm-hmm. Although uh, he has been in touch, the fellow with the boat has been in touch and he said it's a fucking mess. Yeah, but he did say he, he wanted to clarify and said that we could use the whole boat. The whole thing, yeah. Yeah, well, he we're not so interested, mate. He bought, a house mate in, he bought a house instead. Mate, we're serious fucking people. <coughs> don't offer us a boat that's a mess. Why don't you try this? Tidy the fucking boat, then fucking invite us. <laughs> right? Basic yeah. manners. Hello, Andy and Sam. I just had a thought, and this may appeal to Sam more because of his passion for digging. You mentioned mm. assembling a TFTM staff. Well, I am an archaeologist. I was just talking about Indiana Jones. Right. And it would be an honour to be the TFTM archaeologist if you'll have me. Yes, we definitely will. I'm all right at it. Oh, that's good. I'm all right. <laughs> you never Hopefully. heard Indiana Jones say that. So, Mr. Jones, <laughs> yet again... <laughs> You will see that there is nothing you can get that I cannot take. You consider yourself to be a great archaeologist, don't you, Dr. Jones? Well, you know, I'm all right at it. I'm pretty good. I don't always find the treasure that I'm looking for, but I'll give it a good fucking go. Um, I'm all right at it, and I can give you digging advice and opinion on any old shit you might find. Hey, this guy sounds like our kind of guy. Oh, yeah. You never Big know tough. when you'll need an archaeologist. Quite right. Keep it cunty. Bubs. Oh, he's giving himself a nickname there. Going Bubs. back to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Is your name really Bubs or are you just trying to act cool? Yeah. Bubs the archaeologist. The lads. <laughs> the chicks all call me Bubs. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm known as Don't Ask Why. There's a bit of a dark backstory. <laughs> so we've now got an official archaeologist as well. That's great. That feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, we feel like we're getting somewhere now, definitely. But yeah. it's a, we're assembling a fucking... And he's all right at it, which is really good. Mm, I'll tell you what it's I like, like about like, an archaeologist yeah. is you get, you're digging, then you find something, then you know what he pulls out once he's got the little thing out of the ground, a little mm-hmm. brush. Mm. He's got brush a little brush, hasn't he? Brush of soil. Very, it's very brush. fine brush what as well. We, what have we got here? Oh, just oh. brush it a bit more. What's that? Yeah. Oh, no, it's a fucking dog turd that's gone all hard. Disgusting. <laughs> I thought it was a fucking Roman's finger. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, chuck it back. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the problem being an archaeologist. Now I've got shit all over me hands. That's the brisk you run when you, when you go into the archaeology game. <laughs> <laughs> I always carry some hand sanitizer. <laughs> First thing you fucking learn. They don't show you that in the Indiana Jones films, do they? No, it's all glamour. It's all shagging and Nazis in that. Well, let me tell you, it's not the fucking brutal reality for your average fucking archaeologist like me. They never show Indy with shit ground. on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> they never show Indy digging a hole in the bushes opposite your fucking house in uh. the 80s and digging up inexplicably, something that still haunts me to this day, and I've talked mm. about this before, 
when I dug up an unopened meal for two Findus mm. faggots in gravy with vegetables. Mm-hmm. I told you that, yep. didn't I? Don't know. What? It rings a bell. What the fuck was going on what around the, my area? How, Who how the fuck has was been it? burying in the bushes Finder's ready meals? How how out of date was it when you pulled it I out? I didn't check. But it looked what? it looked quite new. Well, you know, I was fucking eight or something or nine. I didn't I wasn't thinking about I didn't even know about sell by dates at that age probably. Did, uh, I suppose so. Did you have dust it down first? I didn't eat it, if that's what you're thinking. I was scared of it. I literally went like this and I chucked it. <laughs> groceries <laughs> I've dug up some faggots I didn't even know what faggots were I didn't I had to go in and say to my mum mum what's faggots she might have thought I was using it in a Who homophobic have you been sense to? yeah <laughs> there's some faggots in the bushes what yeah I was digging and then some there was some faggots there oh my god I'm calling the police <laughs> no faggots in gravy gravy oh, what do you mean by that Fucking perverts. I got covered in the faggot's gravy in the bushes out front. I've told you about that fucking digging. I knew it was, I knew it would end badly. Are you out there digging with my spoons again? Looking for faggots. Go to your room. <laughs> Think about what you've done. Oh God. Here's a good one. Uh from Gareth. Value of a drink, he says. If you're talking about needing a job done and someone says something like, my mate will do it for a drink, how much money do you think they're talking about? Good. Or does it really mean buy him a slab of lager? Good question. I'd go tenner. Uh, I think it's 20. Ooh, would you? I think it's 20. Usually... That the could be the north-south divide. The, in it could be, yeah. The kind of character who goes, well, I want to get a drink out of it. Mm. They usually fix you with a stare. That mm. means to say, I want fucking Lots 20 quid drinks. minimum. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or if not, oh, come back if not I'm going to hurt you. In the middle you. of the night and yeah. smash up what I've done for Most you. Most people who have pitched that to me personally and mm. said, I want to get a drink out of it, or is there a drink in this for me, right? Mm. They've always said it with menace. Yeah. And I've always responded by giving them 20 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that says a lot about you. It's the way I get it, out of every situation. Then, I just give then people it does, 20 quid. Yeah, give someone I, a 20. I carry loads of them around with me in case I get into any tricky situations. It's always worked, mate. I'd go 10. I'd, I'd round it up because a pint is what, about five or now? Especially yeah, if you're in London. So it's like two drinks. I'd round it up. So, yeah, I'd round it up with a tenner. And then if they, 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 they query it or they're not happy, well, fucking hell, that's, a, that's two drinks you've got there. That's two pints in an upmarket London pub. They'd go, don't get Take it or leave it. Don't get fucking literal with me, cunt. It was never about <laughs> drinks, was it? <laughs> it's about hell. fucking 20 quid and you fucking know it, yeah. you cunts. Well, maybe, pal, maybe you should have said fucking 20 quid in the first place. Oh, I see. Instead of trading in this outmoded vernacular. Don't get Trying to make yourself sound fucking more fucking streetwise than you really are. Don't get fucking semantic with me, you fucking melon. Tenor. Take it or leave it. <laughs> Fuck right, off. I'll take it. <laughs> I'd, I'd have a I, rethink I would on my drink. I like to be clearer. I would like to say, yes, I will help you move out of your flat on Saturday, but I will require 
£20 in advance. Mm. Or, if you prefer, no, seeing as you're a mate, you can give me 10 on arrival and 10 on completion. Mm. Yeah. Got to be clear with these things. Tenner. Mm. I mean, we Tenor. didn't we didn't announce our new fucking Patreon tiers, did we? And just go, yeah, we'll give you all these episodes a week and you just got to give us a drink. Fuck mm-hmm. that. Oh, man. Lewis Clare sent us an email with a full outline of his diversification plans. We'll read that out on Friday. We'll, ded- we'll dedicate half the episode to that on Friday. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any more decent ones. that there are. I can't really find any. Uh, oh, this this one here from Stuart. He says, it's come to my attention yet again that my much younger 20-year-old brother is a cunt. Oh. He's a self-serving prick who does no good and only causes friction between myself and my parents when I call him out on this. Do I mentally accept he's never going to change and write him off? Fucking hell, this is pretty bleak. Write him off's a a big step to take, isn't it? But I think you've just got to accept that's how he is. Maybe distance yourself from him as much as you can. Well, this is an interesting question. You know, the thing is, sometimes he's, he's younger than you. Right, first of all, which is relevant. So he's still, I don't know how much younger, but he's still learning. I think he said he was 20, did he? He's 20. That's yeah. pretty young. I mean, I don't think especially nowadays. Not I, when, I, we, I, when I was nifty, when I was first known as nifty, you know, I mean, I was mature, I was fully mature by the time I was like nine because that was the way it was back then, yeah. Andy. But now... When you say fully mature, does that mean pubically? I was pubic and I also had a bank account... <laughs> I was VAT registered. All, yeah. all the trappings of adulthood. But that was in the days of nifty. But but uh, nowadays, you know, fuck me, kids, they're not... I mean, they don't know how... They don't know their arse from their elbow when they're exactly. 20. They're yeah. still basically... It's the equivalent of in the 80s being 11, right? Yeah. So he's still learning. He's still trying to find his own personality. The way he's behaving is probably entirely to do with his own myriad insecurities and anxieties about about having a much older brother as well yeah yeah and so you need to kind of i know this sounds difficult to do and i don't know what level of cunt he's been but you need to try and see things from his perspective you don't it's not your job to fix him but i would say you know you you've got to uh You've got to show a little bit of patience because he's still young. You've got to try and kindly mm. tell him where he might be able to up his, you know, change his behaviour, make him see it, his behaviour from other people's perspectives, and then distance, but don't cut him loose. You'll regret it. Don't cut him loose. He will change yeah. over time, I'm sure. Have hope, yeah. be positive, um, and uh, don't fear love. I think it was Terry Hall at the specials who once said, uh, no one under the age of 30 has got a clue about anything. And I think that's probably quite a fair yardstick to use. Yeah, probably. Although, you know, there are some people who are young and, and know the stuff, know their stuff really well. I mean, it's, yeah, it's mm. a generalisation. But the point is, if someone is struggling, their personality is, is not in the best place it should be at 20, it's too young to write them off. Yeah. Distance, set... Set boundaries. I think setting boundaries is a good thing when you're in that yeah. sort of relationship. Treat, treat him like a child, basically, if he's acting like one. Yeah. 
Treat him like a child. Yeah, don't, don't um, try to start sending him through small gaps to help you do your stealing. No, though. no. Because he's obviously a massive child. Mm. Um, well, that's about it for this one. I think it's gone well. I think we've solved some problems. We've le- all learned something. And we've got ourselves an archaeologist, so can't complain, can we? Yeah. Oh, and it's bloody yep. brilliant. That's the best thing in the week. Um, we're assembling this team. At some point, I might put it all together um, mm. on the newsletter or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but do remember send us your problems we will fix them as we've demonstrated but also send us help for Andy and I in any way you see fit yeah it's a, a quid pro quo isn't it I think that's sort of it thing. yeah, I think that's what yeah one it. of them um, so yeah email is contact at tftimemachine.com send us in your things or tweet us but use the life logistics hashtag or we'll just fucking ignore it yeah exactly there we go Them's the rules. Thanks very much for listening. TTFN. See you, dickheads. make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy mail checks invoices legal documents and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.